Previously on Super Dungeon Boys. Crom Grimm, you know, jumps, does a vault off the wall, it stabs down with his fork and starts spinning it, and it just goes inanimate. Raiden approaches this more vertical ice chest. There's body parts in there. They're all human, and they all just seem young or like little. You guys start marching towards the back of the hall where the, the door with the padlock is. You look up, and you see there's like an eyeball. You know that a hag coven is able to produce hag eyes. So it's literally just like security. I'm going to attack it. You guys approach the door, and it's just a normal wooden door. There's a huge steel padlock. Let's keep it shut. At this point, there's not much more we can we can do but keep looking for the key. There's eight vials, and they're all different colors. I drink it. You crack open this little box. In the middle of that thing is a key. I'm going to get over there to it, and I'm going to yoink, and I take the key from the center. Let's do the honors. I'll go. It is a spiral staircase going directly downward. There's like a jail cell. There's a woman facing the corner, sobbing. Is there, is there any way of escape that you've ever seen? The last one. The only place we haven't explored yet is forward, ready to face the gates of hell. We have no other choice. Absolutely. What order are you guys going to head down the passage? I'll take up the rear. Um... I mean, based off of our classes and toughness, I feel like Kromgrim should be in the front because he had the most hit points. The hardest, he's more of a melee attack where both Krom, uh, uh, Brudon and I are magic spellcasters and we have less Glass health. cannons. Yeah, less health points. So maybe Kromgrim should go first. I will walk with like a hand on his shoulder though. If he's about, if That's all right. It's kind of like, <laughs> so he knows that we're not completely abandoning him. I put my hand on his shoulder. And I'll do the same. We'll make a conga line. So, yeah, you guys hand We're on shoulders. We're doing a conga line to lighten the tension before we get in there. <laughs> yeah, you guys hand on shoulders, walk by this lady, um, and brood on. As you guys pass, give me a wisdom save. Okay. 18 plus 1. So, 19. You pass. So as you're walking, you just feel like a like an eerie chill, kind of just creeped out by by the dungeon in general. And Raiden, give me a wisdom save. 15 plus 1. 16. Yeah, same thing. Just being down here is just creepy in general. Um, and you just kind of feel a chill down your spine. So we're and mid we're mid conga kick and something hits yeah just it just kind of hits you that something's off down here and Kromgren mm-hmm. lastly give us a give me a wisdom save 11 can't imagine your wisdom's very high <laughs> negative negative one so it's 10 <laughs> oh man he's and still doing the conga dance and we're <laughs> we, we both feel something <laughs> 10 10 is the magic number so yeah you guys are hand on shoulder, Cromgrim's leading the way, uh, riding you have your hand on his shoulder, you guys are trying to like, like, trying to like, hum a little bit, and like, not, yeah. be, not be freaked out by what in the world the nails on the chalkboard thing is, and all of a sudden, Cromgrim falls asleep, falls to the ground, and is in slumber, and 
Promgrim. Shoot. As you fall asleep, you feel yourself like that sensation when you like when you're sleeping, like in your when you're in a dream and you fall. Um, as you fall asleep to the ground, that sensation is almost immediate, like as you're falling, and you thud into the ground, into a dwarf-sized grave, and you look up and you see five or six dwarves above you all with with shovels and pickaxes laughing and pointing at you and saying stupid Krongrim, dumb Krongrim as they start shoveling dirt on top of you and you guys obviously don't see this this is Krongrim is is sleeping and this is this is all happening in his mind and what do you do Krongrim? I don't know what Krongrim can do so you're essentially in a dream so you can you can try and act and do you have all your stuff on you um, but you're being buried in your dream. So, Kromgrim is being buried at the moment and this dirt is falling on him and these dwarves are all dancing and laughing around the top of the hole five feet up and they're all chanting and laughing and pointing at Kromgrim and calling him dumb and stupid and stupid dumb and dumb stupid. <laughs> Kromgrim decides that he's going to attack them. So from the soil, trying to move it out of the way, Kromgrim tries to cleave his axe towards the closest one of the dwarves. Yeah, so so do an attack roll, but do it with disadvantage. I don't like where this is going. I don't I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna get into here. Seems like some bad news coming our way. Seventeen was the higher number, eleven was the lower number. Yeah, so with an eleven, I feel like you in your mind you reach back or you're trying to you're trying to get your your axe to try and swing up there, but they're dumping dirt on you so fast that you can't get to your axe. And so, Cromgrim's in this dream, getting buried with dirt, and all you guys see is him laying on the ground, writhing, rolling back and forth. Cromgrim, Cromgrim, yeah, come that's, on! That's, that's what I was thinking. This Cromgrim, we're kind of like smacking Wake his face, up. shaking him. Does that do anything? Nothing. Doc, sneezy. Sleepy, all of you stupid seven dwarves, get away from me! Come on, get away from me! I don't want to clean anybody's anybody's room. Get out of here! I don't know what to do, Brudon. I mm. I don't have any spells that can I can heal him. Do you Do you know of anything that you know any spells that could I could heal this? Uh, let me ponder. The only thing I have is a, I do have a bottle of holy water. <laughs> <laughs> For Cromgrim, <laughs> he might burn. Let us think a little more. Oh no! I, I, uh, I do have a water skin. Maybe I can dump that on him. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if I, that'll stir up just some, some cold water, not holy uh, water. <laughs> I take out my my water skin and I dump it onto Cromgrim's face. Okay, Cromgrim. You are getting buried and buried by these dwarves, and they're laughing and laughing, and it just keeps getting more and more intense. Just kind of like a, like in a movie when it's like a flashback, and then it like you know it's flashing here and here and here, and then the memories get faster and faster and faster. It's like you're dreaming and you're seeing yourself getting buried, and then you're seeing these faces up close laughing and these dwarves, and then uh, 
all of a sudden, their faces all look the same. And they look purple with long, like a long hooked nose and really long pointy ears, wispy gray hair, and really sharp teeth. And they all look like that. And they're laughing at you and saying, we're stupid crumbling. Never get enough. And like screaming at you. But then all of a sudden the dirt that they're dumping on you turns to mud. And then it turns to water. And you you feel all wet. And then you shake awake. And you you see Rudon dumping his water skin on you. Enough! Enough! <sighs> what happened? I was being attacked a moment ago. What? What do you? What Where do you are the mean? dwarves? Dwarves. Where, One, there were seven of them. One second you were what? leading the way, and the next you were on the ground, Gromgrim. You collapsed. I don't know what kind of strange magic this was. I, I was immediately in a deep sleep, and was fighting for my life, being buried alive by these ugly seven dwarves, and then they got. They, they turned purple, and their teeth got super sharp, like razor blades. Mm. Raiden, you hear mm-hmm. Grom say that, and I want you to roll a history check with advantage. Ooh-wee. First one's a nine, second one's a nat 20, baby! <laughs> Let's freaking go! So... Uh, Plus three. I got a 23. <laughs> there it is. So you hear him tell this story, and I feel like you would be like, what exactly did this face look like? And he describes, you know, a purple face with long features and long ears of wispy gray hair. And it was in his dream. And you remember that same class from before um, with the eyeball. Nerd. And when your teacher was teaching you about different hags and what to look out for. There's sea hags, there's green hags, and you remember that night hags can mess with your mind and and they can enter your dreams. And you also remember that they can create things called heart stones. And if they have a heart stone, they're able to enter the ethereal plane and pop in and out of different planes. And they can also take people's souls and exchange them for things. You remember all <laughs> <of> this stuff. <laughs> now I remember this stuff. Yep. <laughs> we should be so far away from this place right now. <laughs> we were too busy trying to get out of here. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Guys, I, I remember, I remember now. I, I, I fear, I fear this is the home of a night hag. It's uh, boy, it's uh, is that like terrifying, the creatures terrifying. that go walking at night and they're like lot lizards? Is it like that? No, <laughs> not quite the same. Um, <laughs> Those but, uh, are also sometimes purple skinned. I just I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> no, the night hags, they uh they're they're terrible. They're they they can mess with your mind. You 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 won't know what's real, what's what's not, and the the worst thing of this whole of this all is I remember that this stone it 
that this is the one that you've been holding in your beard and brood on you have on you now. Whatever happens here, the hag cannot possess that stone. We must keep this from her. That will give her, will grant her immense powers to be able to teleport and not just within this world, but others. And on top of that, to uh, steal souls and, and deal with them as well. This is... This is literally the worst situation we could possibly be in right now. Why? <laughs> we, we should be... When we got that stone, we should have went the opposite direction as far as we possibly could have. It's too late to dwell on past mistakes. We're here now. And the only way that hag is getting this stone is earning it. I thought for a moment you were going to say over your dead body, but I, I just want... I, let's clarify that it was Rudon that said that. I didn't I didn't say that. Uh, we're all in this together. Over our collective dead bodies. <laughs> I, I assume that was inferred, but... <laughs> I'm, an, I'm understanding now what you're enduring. Yeah, I, was, I was just clarifying for Krom Group. Yes. He's having a hard time there. Um, so... Unfortunately, we, we are here, and we're as close to this hag as we possibly could be, I imagine. So I think our only choice is to, to kill her. Aye. Unless there's a way to destroy this, this, this heart stone. Do I remember that from my studies at all? Is there any way to, like, destroy the stone? Or is it... Pretty... So you, yeah, you don't remember. You just remember them talking about, like, you know, that they can create these stones and that... If they have one, it's like they're pretty OP, as it were. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you don't want to meet a hag that has one. But they, dude, you know, yeah, you're. I'm you're, a full. I'm a full-on wizard, and I've been perceiving this thing like eight times to this game, and nothing's been coming of it. I don't think we yeah. know anything about it. Yeah, your professor didn't even like that. Wasn't even a question that came up in school. Like nobody was like, "Hey, can we? Did you just break it?" Like that never, that never happened. Well, I am going to try something. Can I have the stone, please? Aye. And I am going to go back towards the staircase, because I know we're in this kind of hall-ish way, and there's potentially something at the end of it. I'm, I'm going to backtrack. I don't know if these guys are going to follow or not. I'm backtracking to the stairs. I put the heart stone on the ground, and I'm going to cast third level shatter on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to destroy this thing. Before we move forward, let's see if we can destroy this. So it's a 10 foot radius, so we all just need to, as long as we're outside of the 10 foot, the. Yeah, you went by yourself. <laughs> yeah. The loud ringing noise only is within this 10 foot sphere. So essentially, it should hypothetically be silent? I don't know. I don't really know. Like, it's supposed to be painfully intense but and loud. Within, yeah, within this. And if a, a creature, oh, this is a creature, but also an object of inorganic material such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on the saving throw. I don't know if this rock can do a saving throw, but if it does, it gets disadvantage if it's made of those things. Stone, crystal, or metal. Um, so, here we go. Uh, Oh, yeah, I don't do an attack roll. So the rock does a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. 
I don't know if you if you have a character sheet for this rock. All but... <laughs> <laughs> right here. Roll the four, fourteen. Dang it. That's that's what you'd have to. You'd have to beat. So you beat it, but you take half. Yeah. As, that just means you take half as much damage. So let me do my four d eights of damage on this thing. Eight, one, four. So that's thirteen plus one is fourteen. Yeah, so I guess half would be seven. Okay. Yeah, you do that, and you do this cone around it with all this. It's just like loud noises pretty much, and it just vibrates and vibrates yeah. and vibrates. And you see just the tiniest, teeny tiniest little leg like comes off the corner. That's it. Like it vibrates, and it just like, Dang. Just like flakes off a little bit. But where are you standing in relation to the the cell when you do this? You said you went back towards the stairwell. Yeah, my thought would be just to kind of like back away from the guys. Um, I would stand at like the base of the stairs, so I'd walk past that that dungeon, the cage there, mm-hmm. the cell. We're still down by the door, right? Yeah, so they they Did- didn't they didn't pass the cell. Just I passed the cells, right? Did it work? No. Seems it didn't. Just a small, small piece came off, but still very much intact. So yeah, I run back up to him like, gentlemen, seems our only way is forward. Give me a wisdom save. You're not going to believe it. I got a nat 20. That's like five in a row. Uh, only Those two. dice are loaded. <laughs> yeah, somebody's cheating over there. Do you roll? Yeah. I'll use different dice. Uh, I just rolled like three fives in a row so no, i just rolled like three nat 20s in a row yeah sorry 20 20 20 so <laughs> so right in you uh you catch back up with the guys and nothing happens all right we ready to move forward better late than never let's do it yeah let's uh continue on like we did before hands on shoulders like we're a swat team you know like always staying like a like a special forces unit we're always within Still range of each that other. Really subtle, that really subtle conga yeah. on the way down. <laughs> shaking her hips, shaking her hips just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> just a, not a full kick, but we'll we'll you know stick a leg out and yeah. then come back in. <laughs> um, let's head towards that uh, where we see that light. Yeah, so you guys do your little uh, your cute little conga line down towards your doom, uh, and it's Cromgram uh, <laughs> and Raiden and then Brudon in the back, I believe. Uh, and as you get closer, this intermittent, like, nails on a chalkboard uh, keeps getting louder and louder and louder and just more ridiculous to hear. Um, painful, even. And as you get to the opening, you see that you, the end of this cave, um, there's, like, a waterfall at the at the opposite end of where you guys are. And in front of it, there's like a ring of, of like the floor in front of it is like a ring. And in the center, there's like a cauldron with a purple flame underneath it. And the, the waterfall is like coming down. It's filling up like a little moat around that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's all that's really in here. There's some bones laying around, um, just kind of scattered about. But then you guys notice... Like against the cave walls on either side of this ringed room, there are two lumbering creatures called hook horrors, which are like pretty much gigantic purple 
chickens, as it were, <laughs> and they they like uh, like they have like a like a crazy beaked face, but then instead of having wings, they just have they literally have two bony hooks for arms. Sorry, did you call them hook whores? Yeah, I knew that hook, would wake you up. <laughs> hook horrors. Yeah, that's exactly what oh. I called. Oh, so okay. So uh, Promgram had jelly in his ear. Yeah. So, but you see them. They're either tapping on the walls or scraping the walls. Um, and you guys notice, like they, they're blind. Like they can't. They don't. They don't see anything. So, other than this cauldron with the moat with the water in it, there's nothing else really in here. Not that you see. I mean, and the, the beasts. Like there's no other doors. No other. People in other shelves, like cabinets, anything like that. Just an open room. Yeah, just a cauldron. <clears throat> I think we should probably uh, tiptoe on in there. Into what? Into the room. And do what? Fight these things? There's nothing else to do in there. Are you going to drink the goop in the cauldron? No, but I have an idea. All right, let's... Better than what I have. <laughs> I'm with Brudem. We need to do something. Bye. Right. Let's move forward. Let's go. Then. Now, are all of us going, or are we just gonna let Brudon go in there and see what happens? I, I'm kind of thinking you, you just go in there and we'll be like ready at the ready. Of course, you would choose for him to just go in there. He's, he's the one. He's the now, one with the idea. All right. How how big am I, or how big are they in relation to me? How tall are you? Uh, good question. I don't think we ever established that. I just I mean, knew I was pretty big. Yeah, we. Know I was thinking big. huge, like compared to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what? Dragon Ball, like seven foot at least. Seven like, eight. There. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, That's I need I to imagine. look the dragon part right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you would stand toe to toe with one of these hook wars. Book okay. Or worse. Oh, dude! Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see here. So they're both on opposite sides of the room from where we are, right? So if Correct. we come in, one's on the left, one's on the right. Cauldron's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they are both blind, and they are both being their attention is on whatever task they're doing, scraping the walls. Correct. Okay. So I am going to, uh, let's see here. While he's doing that, just for the record, you guys are watching Brudon do this? Yeah, I imagine like right before kind of like stepping into the opening of this room, like kind of like just up against one of the walls, like watching. Okay. I am going to reach into my inventory and I'm going to take out my caltrops. And I'm going to throw them around each one of them's feet just in case they start to move when I start sneaking past them. It'll give me a little time to get out of the way. Wow. Okay. So throw one of them. Do okay. Do a dexterity save or dexterity check. All right. 17 plus dexterity, dexterity. Two. So 19. Yeah. So you got that one. So you okay. and it connects on the one's feet and it falls over and makes a like a big, like nasty, like uh, some sort of like bird, like deep guttural bird call. 
and it falls over and thuds. And okay. as you wind up to go get the next one, we're going to pause there. Raiden and um, Promgram, both of you guys give me wisdom saves at disadvantage. I rolled a nat 20 and a 12. <laughs> uh, plus one, I got a 13. And wi- oh, wait, wisdom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 13. Oh, barbarian is going to be negative six. <laughs> He's getting dumber as it goes on. Uh, nine and then take away one. Eight. Okay. You both feel something touch your shoulder and you both drop to the ground asleep. Real quick. I am uh, immune to magical sleep. Okay. As an elf. Nice. So you feel something on your shoulder. <laughs> and you see Crom- And then Cromgram goes to sleep again. Damn it. <laughs> you see you see Cromgram pass out onto the ground and realize that something something's casting this on him. Um Cromgram, you are instantly back in the exact same dream. Getting oh alive. no. And, but but it's right where you left off, and you're oh, no. you're almost like it's up to your nose, and you see these same purple seven purple faces just gnashing at you, getting closer and closer, and you see one of them winds up, and it has three massive like five inch long claws on each hand, and they whoosh, whoosh, both swipe at your face. The the first one hits. 12 damage. And you take you take that damage as you're getting buried alive in your sleep for all you know. Um, but Raiden, you feel... You basically just get like a cold shoulder. Um, and you look... <laughs> Someone used chill touch on me? <laughs> yeah. yeah it feel, My it own feels, attack against me. <laughs> yeah. It feels very, very familiar. And you... He's see almost your calming, body. maybe. <laughs> no, definitely not. You you see your buddy fall down and instantly start writhing and and probably like talking in his sleep about you know stop like don't like burying himself alive like he's getting buried alive. And you see that and it's kind of startling, but you realize some it felt like something touched you from behind and you turn around and in the hallway is a night head. And you notice Duh. that the door the door to the cell is wide open and she is moving towards you with her claws stretched out. We should have known better. No, we, we should have known where, better. This is where I get to. I, I do. I see her coming to. No, or am I? you are very busy. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I'll wait till so, she gets there. So I that, that all happens. Let's cut back to brood on your, we need your next dexterity sit check to throw it okay. at this other lumbering took four uh 14 and dexterity 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 two so 16 you got them both so you Mm. as you as you knock over the one hook horror it and falls over and the other one kind of like stops everything it's doing and makes it easy for you to nail that one and when it goes to move again it falls over and so that's where we are. Okay. 
uh, do I go again or? Well, we're kind of just, this is just a free for all. We're not really an initiative because they didn't, they don't have an opportunity to do anything to you. So right okay. in or Cromgram. Cromgram is still it's just getting asleep. buried alive. Yeah, just um, these, these hag looking things are shoveling dirt on top of you. Yeah, I, I, okay. This is up to the discretion of the, the DM here. I have a water skin as well. I imagine it's like on my belt. You know, as you, mm-hmm. where you'd keep a water skin. Is there a way I could just like almost like as a use that as a bonus action, like wake him up, like pop the water skin again and dump it on him, mm-hmm. uh, and then still have an action, or would that just be my action and that's what I gotta stick with? Yeah, I mean we're not at initiative, so if you you want to do that, I know, I know, else. I know we're not an initiative, but there's also like I don't want to mess with like time and how thing how long things might actually take. So, I mean, that's the first thing I do. I'm going to, again, dump water on Cromgren again, trying to wake him up. Like, buddy, like, I kind of just give him a kick. Like, I'm not even going to stoop down. Like, I got my eyes now on this hag. Like, I've clocked her. And so I'm dumping the water skin real quick and kind of give him a kick. Wake up, Cromgrim, wake up. Um, does that does that seem to help? Like, yeah. Is that noticeable at all? Okay. Yeah. So um, same as same as before, Cromgrim, you, you see this hag, like seven hags, like, yelling worthless stupid Cromgrim fat dumb Cromgrim stupid shave that beard Cromgrim and they <laughs> lean in and they're about to change give your you... unitard Cromgrim <laughs> <laughs> they're about to give you like another slash across the face to take damage um, but the the dirt turns to mud and then to water again and you shake awake and you're on you're on the ground next to Raiden and so if possible I would like to cast a spell. Um, I'm, I I want to cast summon undead. So I'm going to just yeah. And I I I, I imagine so I pop my water skin. I'm dumping it on him. I'm reaching over. I'm grabbing my guitar. And after I've dumped the water, it's like a full circle kind of like like this the the most bone chilling chord. Uh, set of chords you've ever heard in your life like you just hear like mm-hmm. this I, I only strum once but it like awakens something and I call Please forth summon who I think you're gonna summon <laughs> oh, I, I don't necessarily get, get that much choice in it, unfortunately oh, okay, uh, okay. but I call forth an undead spirit and it manifests in an unoccupied space that I can see within range so up to 90 feet uh, I'm going to cast it between me and the hag um, and within five feet of her if possible mm-hmm. um uh i can choose different forms i'm going to choose the putrid form the spirit resembles an undead creature with a chosen form which determines certain traits in its stat block um but yeah so i can give it commands basically it's like a, a familiar that i can control now so i it's like it'll take a turn like everyone else and i get to tell it what to do i think it's at the same time as me actually if i remember right um but uh yeah so there's that. There's now this this putrid. Imagine this is like a zombie. Like it's just like a zombie. The main thing, the reason I want it within five feet of the hag, is any creature other than you that starts its turn within five feet of the spirit must succeed on a Constitution saving throw against your spell save or be poisoned until the start of its next turn. Okay, let's roll initiative. Roll up, baby. Seventeen plus two. Nineteen. Sixteen plus. 
13 plus... 13 plus 2. So, 15. Okay. So, that all happens. You summon this zombie in between you and this hag, and she raises up her claws and doesn't even look at this zombie and looks right at you, right in, and just says, The stone! The stone! Over our dead bodies. <laughs> and and she says, My pleasure. And she walks up and attacks your zombie with her claws. What's its AC? Uh, it is 11 plus the spell that I cast it at. So 11 plus a third level, so 14. She does 11 damage to your zombie with her two swipes. She just like takes her six claws from her two hands and just does a slash across its face and a slash across its torso. But I feel like in doing so, it like seeps out its gunk and like in it poisons her. And she just kind of she just kind of like coughs a little bit. So what that means is she'll have a disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Mm-hmm. And it is Raiden's turn. Uh, all right. So first I'll take my turn. I am going to cast. Does she happen to have any metal on her? <laughs> Not that you can see. Like Okay, no so like she... necklaces or anything like that. What about or... underwire on the, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like every person. That's a, that's a legitimate question. Come on. I feel like every person you fight, you always go, okay, we can fight, but do you have any metal on you? <laughs> you have, excuse me, ma'am. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but miss, what, what metal do you have? So you, it's really dark in the hallway. Um, that, that makes all, sense. All you can really make out is that she is purple, has all these pointy fi- figures and fingers. Um, and she's wearing like a, a deep, deep, like purple robe. Uh, and some like pointy shoes, almost like a like elf shoes, like with the like the curl at the end. Um, okay. And then she does have a necklace on, but it's just bones. Like it's like adorning like small bones. You can't make out what they are. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just I'm going big. I'm casting third level shatter on her. It's ten foot radius. I'm just putting it on her so it doesn't hit my 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 friend. <clears throat> Um, she has to make a con save of 14 to take half as much damage. Otherwise, she'll take full damage. She didn't. Or she rolled a 9, so it doesn't do it. Okay, so 4d8 damage coming right up. <clears throat> Come on, big bunny. All I eights, got, all eights. I got a 6. I got a 3, so that's 9. And I got an 8. So, oh wait, 17, so I need to roll one more. So 17 plus seven is 24 points damage. What's that look like? Your shatter, you cast uh, Oh, it's kind of, you've all seen it before, but third level, I like lean down, crank my guitar up to 11, <laughs> and just like, you just see me, like I'm on my knees, and she's just like, like I imagine again, we don't hear any of it because it's within the sphere and you can almost see the sound waves. Like there's just like the air turns to jello almost like it's as you can barely see like the heat. You know how like when like over fire, you see like little heat waves. I like, guess mm-hmm. what it looks like inside this ball from the sound waves just pummeling her with 24 points of damage, just bursting her eardrums and maybe even see like a, just a little drop, drop of blood, just a little bit out of her one ear. Or you can't really see her ears, but you just see like, you know, you can tell she's like wincing and 
pained us a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You you see her just kind of shaking and grimacing, but she's still just slowly, like one foot in front of the other, even though it might be painstaking while you're shooting this noise at her, she's just stepping towards you guys. Dang. And she just says, um, that's down. Um, and uh, so now it's my... My, my buddy's turn, my undead's turn. Uh, so he's going to do a... Uh, he can make a number of attacks equal to half the spell's level. So it's cast at three, so I guess it's only one attack. Um, if I was casted at a higher level, I could do more, but I can't do that yet. Uh, putrid attack, rotting claw. Uh, attack, your spell attack modifier to hit reaches five feet, one target, one d6. Okay, so... Spell attack modifier. Okay, so plus six. So I need to roll my d20. Plus six. So I rolled. I rolled a one. Mm-hmm. So my zombie did. I Raiden did not. This is unless his zombie friend rolled a one on his attack. So. <laughs> so I'll say your zombie guy goes to do like his. What was the name of that attack? Like a swipe. Rotting claw. Yeah, rotting claw. So he. He, like, takes his hand and goes to, like, hit her. And she just literally just, like, side-eyes him and steps right past him, not even, like, blinking. And and just kind of huffs and keeps walking towards you, right? And it is Brudon's turn. And Brudon, I'll say, you don't really know. Like, you're in the other room. Mm-hmm. You don't really know that this is going on. Not quite yet. Okay. Uh, so I need you to tell me what I need to do to make my way to the cauldron. Yeah. Can I just walk over there or do I need to do anything to go over there? Yeah. You just approach it. Okay. So I approach the cauldron. You said the wade, uh, wade across some water is all. Okay. Um, I go into my inventory and if I have to do it one by one, that's fine. Uh, I take out the, the hugs from the bathroom and I start pouring them into the cauldron because remember we don't know what they do so I start pouring them into the cauldron and I guess you can tell me what happens um, maybe I make a you know something that'll help us yeah, so or, 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 or maybe it's like us. Well, or it, what if it what if it's the one thing that'll melt the stone just a nuclear bomb oh yeah that's great you you get down to the cauldron and before you start pouring stuff in or as you get ready to, you notice that the top of it is not lick like it doesn't look like liquid. It's like a like a slideshow. Like you see the that main bedroom that you guys are in we're in with the like the sconces and whatnot. And you see a little bit of the swamp. Um, and then you see you see the outside of the tavern. And you see like a, a very distant shot of Cresh's house. And then it's like a, it's like a slideshow. It keeps flipping back and forth. I get it. Ryan doesn't see this. So I don't get it. No. But if, if you want to start dumping that stuff in, you can. Uh, I guess I can definitely note that for, uh, for the guys for later that she's been watching us the whole time. <laughs> Uh, that's definitely something to, to, to take into account. Uh, I guess, so let me see. Um, uh, by the gods, this this was her plan the whole time to get us here, to get the stone here. 
well, we've got to do something. And I start dumping the hugs nice. into the cauldron. Um, I guess you can tell me what they do. Because I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to dump all of them. I think we got seven left, right? Because there was eight mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we got there. Yeah. So I'll dump them all in there. Um, and then you can take it from there. Let us know what they do. Uh, if they do anything. Uh, did not see that coming. So you you take all these <laughs> hugs and I feel like with your dragon hands you probably have like four in each hand or well, four and three and you like pop the corks and dump them all in at the same time and the images start to like start to spiral mm-hmm. and and then you start to hear things. Not only see things but when you when it switches back and forth you start hearing things like you can hear the crickets in the swamp and you can hear like the thunderstorm outside uh and then when like it goes to like the tavern it's it's during the day now so you can kind of like you can hear the people coming and going and then it switches back to crush's house and you can hear Hee-haw. and then it switches back to, to the house and it's like silent uh, and then it switches back to another part of the swamp and you can hear frogs and things like that again um and yeah, it just you somehow gave sound to this cauldron. Hmm. Okay. What can I do with that? Is the question. So as you're standing there, roll a perception check. Okay. Um, you're gonna be next. Uh, it is a 15 and my perception is 1 so 16 so with that it switches like it flips from one thing to the next to the next and it gets to crash like the like a like you notice this is definitely one of the eyes hanging outside of crash's house like a a ways away Mm -hmm. and you see him he's tending one of his fields he's like picking onions and uh, he's like 35 feet away in his, in his onion field. And then it flashes again, flashes again, and it gets back and he's he's still in his field. But it only it only flashes, you know, on for each so thing long. For, for like 15 seconds. I feel as though it's trying to tell me something. Ugh. And you can hear you can hear Crash whistling. <laughs> like you can hear him mm-hmm. um, but we'll leave you at that and it is Cromgrim's turn and with that what my move should be right and what should I do can I attack something someone uh probably hit something huh um remember you are a barbarian and you can go into a rage you have not used that too much you can do that two more times still alright let's go ahead and do that and then keep note too you you come to and you're you're beside riding there and you look up and that hag from your dream is coming for you and right down the hall mm. Ooh, 15 yeah i'm gonna go ahead and attack with uh form of the beast bite nice the plus plus seven of that yeah. plus seven yeah. yeah you guys see Cromgram do his form of the beast again he he enters a rage he kind of spins around toots a little bit um and his his mouth gets really big and his chompers start going like one of those walking chattering teeth 
Uh, <laughs> and you, I assume you lunge right at this, right at this hag. Yes. And I would, I would just jump at her, just go right into her face. Yeah. Right, right under her chin, above <laughs> her bosom, but under her chin, right in that general vicinity, right there. Yeah. And I just chomp down on it. So you see, Cromgrim goes right for her neck, uh, and uh, yeah, fifteen hits. So go ahead and roll your damage. Four plus six, yeah. Ten points of piercing. Yeah. G screams, dwarf, get me the stone. And she kind of pushes you away, and we are back to her. So she is gonna push you away and rear up. You're gonna cast inflict wounds on Crom. So, with what? that debuff, right, or was that just that one turn? No, yeah, she has to roll a disadvantage, and she misses. So I feel like Cromgram kind of being up on her neck, like biting at her. She misses with that, so she's gonna kind of like puff and puff, and she's gonna take two claw attacks at Cromgram. Fourteen misses. Cromgram's too small, <laughs> and then an eighteen. So she. She's getting really frustrated with this little dwarf. Okay. So Cromgrim takes 10 damage. Ooh. Yeah, that's sissy stuff. And she looks at Cromgrim and she says, it's not too late to leave, dwarf. Wait, we can we can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. Yep. All right. Uh, I am going to go ahead and... Cast all my third level spells are gone, so I'm on the second level. Um, you know what? I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna stick with Shatter. That just is kind of the best thing I got, I think. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? Um, is she fiend or undead? Can I tell that, or would I know that? Like, if I I, yeah. I knew about that, heck, is she one yep. of those? Yep. She is fiend and and or undead. She's a fiend. Yeah. I'm gonna throw my bottle of holy water at her. Mm. I can throw up to 20 feet, so it's a similar attack roll to like what we did before with uh, uh, the acid flask, mm-hmm. and it will do 2d6 radiant damage. Okay. So it's especially painful to those fiend or undead. Nat 20, baby! No, <laughs> no way! Freaking way. <laughs> Does 2d6 damage. Examine oh those gosh. dice! And it's doubled anyway. <laughs> This is so stupid. <laughs> hey, uh, I did three and three, so it's six damage. Crit and radiant. Yeah, so 12, 24. 24 points. Yeah. <laughs> Take uh, that. Uh, Holy uh, water, baby. Don't get too. She's, she is the boss character. She's probably got a good amount of HP. All right, let's just <laughs> take it one step at a time. All right. Yeah, so riding you load up and chuck your holy water just chuck the bottle at her and i feel like it with a net 20 it just lands right on the top of her noggin and shatters and kind of like goes down her face and you see she's getting closer and closer now even though she's fighting cromgrim she knows you have the stone right and yeah and in my turn because we can move right usually you do it an yeah. action and a movement can i like yeah. start backing away a little bit um yeah towards yeah like as I don't know mm-hmm. how much space I have, but I want to move back kind of as far Start as Start coming I towards me. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um but yeah, she she gets hit with the holy water, it shatters, but she keeps keeps marching towards Raiden because she knows that's where her stone is. 
uh, even as this holy water comes down her face and like her face starts to bubble and welt up um and she's like hardly even face she just kind of like grunts it off and like grits her, her teeth and just pushes Cromgrim aside and keeps marching towards Raiden uh, and it is Brudon's turn so you nope Brudon, it's my uh it's my, my oh yeah yeah turn. yeah yeah your little boy uh and so he's gonna go ahead and do uh his rotting claw attack try this again seven plus six so 15 uh-huh. sorry that's not right 13 oh it just misses dang all right but he he swipes again, swings and misses. And right, she's poisoned. Like, she's poisoned again because he's within five feet, so <laughs> disadvantage right. on stuff. He just <laughs> just misses, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's back to back to our dragonborn pal, and right. you are still looking at this thing, you know, flashing between different things, and a little help, buddy. Every every time it comes to. To Kresh, he gets a little a little bit closer, and you can hear him come in and sing it a little bit louder. Okay. I'm going to roll a perception check here mm-hmm. um, to see if there might, if I might experience some kind of breakthrough or something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Do perception or arcana? Whichever one's Or higher. arcana? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whichever one's okay. higher. Okay. 14... Um, my arcana is actually higher, so plus three, so 17. Yeah. But with that, you are watching these things go through, and I feel like uh, there's like a bird on a tree at one, and you might like cough or something, and you notice when you do that, the bird flies away as if it like hurt you. And then, ah. it, and then it flicks to the next one, goes to the next one, and you see Crash. He's picking onions and throwing them in a basket, and he keeps getting closer and closer where his eye is. He's like 10 gotcha. feet away. Oh. Hmm. I wonder. Crash! And you see he he stands up. He's like hunched over, picking onions out of the ground, and he stands up, eyes wide as can be, looking all around. And he's like looking around. Crash, can you hear me? And he kind of slowly nods and looks around really slow, trying to figure out what in the world's going on, but he's nodding. And you hear him kind of mumble, Dragonborn friend, and it keeps switching through. Ah, I see. Uh, I need to go tell the boys. And we'll call that your we'll call that your turn. And it okay. is Crom Cromgrim. You are you are behind the uh this hag he's heading right towards right you're like five feet behind her she's just pressing on trying to get her stone from right okay i am going to run after her and attack her from behind just at the back of the neck the same way that i did the back of the neck of the dog with the axe but this time i'll be doing it with the uh with the bite okay 18 Definitely hit. Definitely a hit. You don't even need to add anything to that. Seven Ooh. and then uh, five. No, I'm sorry. Seven and then thirteen. Yeah, you. Thirteen. You vampire bite her again, like up on the back of her neck, and just chomp down on her, and you hear her go, and you give her a little bit more damage, and she kind of rears up and shakes you off, and just keeps. She's just lumbering just one foot after the other just constantly t- 
trying to catch up with Raiden at the slow, just menacing pace. And she shouts one more time at Raiden. She says, give me the stone before you all die. So she is marching towards Raiden. And you see Raiden. She's like looking around and she sees uh, she sees that the dragonborn is like looking down into her cauldron and like doing something. And she knows there's like two creatures behind her trying to get her and you're in between her two. And so she kind of like stops for a split second and like she whistles like this really deep, creepy whistle and nothing happens for a moment. And that's her turn. And I don't like that. And then it is Riken's turn. Oh, I don't like that at all. All right. Um, I'm going to cast. Yeah, let's go ahead and shatter her one more time. Um, so let me. Oh, yeah. She has to make a constitution saving throw. See if she can beat 14. And that's a disadvantage because she's poisoned. Correct. If she's within five feet of that zombie, which definitely might be. Yep, so she got an 8. Hey, okay, so 3d8 damage here. 1, 2, 3. Come on. Come on. 4, 3, 2, so 7, 8, 9 damage. Thunder damage. And then next it will be my buddy's turn. He's going to try once again. Uh, you said it, she, he was coming from behind, right? So he's going to yeah get right up on her and try that rotten claw, see if he can dig in. <sighs> Three plus six. Oh, my God. What is wrong with this freaking zombie? He can't do nothing. He's, just a, he's a meat shield. Yeah. <laughs> is stupid thing. And so we are back to Brudon. And Brudon, okay. you're flicking the channels here. Yeah. Uh, so I make my way back um, to the hallway where the boys are at and I let them know what I found um, uh, guys I think I may have found us a way out of here yeah, and as you're doing that you notice her lumbering through the hallway for the first time I think oh oh right what if you think we've been doing over here Verdon <laughs> I've been where I've been trying to get us a way out of here too, and I think I've found one. But you're gonna have to trust me. I, whatever can get us out of this situation. We don't have a choice. Let's go. Come on. Remember the the potions that we found in the bathroom? Yes. The cauldron. I poured them all into the cauldron, and it showed me many locations that we've been before. The swamp, Crush. But here's the weird thing. I called out to Crush. And he heard me. It's almost as if there's a link between here and there. I think if we dive into the cauldron, it'll take us to him. Uh, you think it's some sort of portal? That's the only thing that makes sense. After what you. What other way do we have to get out of here? Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I will not go first, but by all means. <laughs> Romgrim will go first. Romgrim, Romgrim will go first. Let, let Romgrim just go. It's my destiny. Bye. Destiny. <laughs> I think you want to call that my turn or? Yeah, yeah. 
I will <laughs> say though, if you guys do kind of turn tail and like head for the cauldron, she will get opportunity attacks on Raiden and Kromgrim. And it's on yeah, I guess. Oh, she's Risky within risking. she's within like isn't it within like five feet? Or I guess yeah, not not right in, but ten def- feet. Yeah, definitely Kromgrim and the zombie. Because Kromgrim ran up on her. You're probably not close enough yet, right? Well, so. the, zo- the zombie wouldn't get not, have an opportunity attack because he's not. Yeah, I'll just leave him. I, don't, I could care less. I can just summon another one. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> but yeah, if you guys if you guys want to want to haul butt towards the cauldron, uh, she's definitely going to take a swipe at Kromgrim. She's going to take two swipes at you. Okay, you didn't take With disadvantage, with disadvantage. Yep, so six. Oh, man. And a 13. I don't think either of those, either of those hit you. You, you turn to book it and just start spinning your wheels and take off and she, (laughs) and they're like right, right behind you. It looks like a dust cloud that she grabs. Gromgren, what are you doing? Are you going to jump in? Am I going to jump into what? That was the plan to jump into what? the cauldron. Were you not listening? Oh. oh, you mean I really do have to go first? You're the smallest. Yes, but it was one of those things where you just say it and you don't actually mean it. You know, you know what I mean? Crumb, I was trying to be nice. Crumb, I thought one of you guys would be the hero. Let me lay out our options for you. Option A, we get torn to shreds by the night hag. Option B, we get thrown into prison and we get eaten by the night hag. Or option C. We do not have time for this. Okay, I'm jumping in. You hear, give me the stone. As he, as Cromgram, like, jumps off a boulder and into the cauldron. He does his dwarven parkour. Yeah, he does like a, (laughs) does like a cannonball. But you guys see as Cromgram lands in the cauldron, it starts to sizzle and burn. (laughs) Oh no! And and Kromgrim, you take 15, 15 points of damage, and it's you're just sitting in like a boiling pot. <laughs> oh no! And it's you know like Anakin Skywalker situation. He just, he's yeah. just getting burned, like getting burned up in this cauldron. Get him out! Pull him out! <laughs> I'm I'm on it! I'm on it! And all the while, the hag is just gaining. She's she's just still slowly, just walking menacingly. After Kromgrim, it is her turn, and so she's she's marching towards you, Raiden. And on her turn, you hear in the distance this like trill, just squeaking, and you see just barely behind her for a split second what looks like a couple little bugs and then they get closer and closer and closer to you guys and they're three little they almost look like fairies but they're bats and they have they have little chest plates (laughs) you see and swords and they all dive bomb right in and they each take an attack on her I was the dummy for wanting to tame them one of them got an 18. The other two got a 7 and a 4. Okay. He takes his little sword and tries to stab you in the neck for six points of damage. Ah, God. I just, I just imagine it's like the size of a little toothpick. I yank up this little <laughs> toothpick out of my <laughs> neck. Yeah, and you're... And they, they're like dive bombing and flying around. Um, but right. they'll, act, they'll act on her turn. 
Okay. Uh, and then it is Raiden's turn. Um, so we're all next to the cauldron, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Raiden, hold, hold her off. I'll get Gromgrim. This is another special request for the DM. <laughs> I have the Heartstone. Is that what it's called? I don't know why I'm blanking. Yeah. The Heartstone mm-hmm. uh, my, on my person. Uh, could I cast a spell and bonus action, reach over, drop it in the cauldron? Mm-hmm. Or is it that does that count as an action to drop it in the cauldron? Let me just like reach over. I would hold it over it. Maybe it'll make the bat stop. No, I'm throwing it in. I'm dropping it in there. Oh, not even giving her a chance to haggle? No. Okay. <laughs> just because just because the yeah. word hag is in her name doesn't mean she's gonna <laughs> haggle with her. Um, you you so go to what's what? What am I allowed to do with that? I feel like you reach your hand out to drop the stone in. You would hear the hag. She goes, stop, stop. And she reaches a hand out toward you and just screams. She doesn't want you to do it. I mean, I already made up my mind. I'm doing it. Like, I don't care what she could have said. Like, hey, if you do that, we'll all die. I'm dropping it in there. Like, you're pot committed. So you, you drop it in there and the cauldron just starts to bubble a little bit. And almost like when you leave the lid on when you're making spaghetti, like it just it just starts to like bubble <laughs> bubble over. And when the bubbles hit the ground, it just starts to sizzle, and your wife gets angry. I mean, it just uh, it just like starts to sizzle. Uh, and uh, no, you, it just starts to boil over a little bit, and then you look at the hag, and she look pissed. But you can go ahead and you can go ahead and cast your spell. Oh, sweet, awesome. Uh, well. I am going to cast uh, my final shatter at least at level two. Um, and then I'm, I'm all out of level two spells. So let's go ahead and do this bad boy. So she has to roll a constitution saving throw and beat a 14. Nope. 10 foot radius of uh, thunder damage. Now, where are the, these little creatures that she summoned there? Um, are they within... 10 feet of her because my thought is I would just send it right on her okay they're they're not they're closer to you okay and she failed the the save correct yep wait 3d8 all right five six seven eight nine points of damage you do that and you you see she looks shaken up for like the first time she just kind of like twitches and and shrugs it off and like tilts her head and like looks at you and she looks harmed I'm gonna go ahead and do my rotting claw attack from my from my zombie friend. Keep forgetting so about that worthless guy. Finally, seventeen <laughs> plus six. I hit. I hope. Yep. Is that a hit? All right. Oh yeah. So, uh, I do one d six plus three of damage. So I rolled a six plus three, six, seven, eight, nine points of damage from him. Uh, so basically, with his big nasty zombie claws, he just cuts down her her back from behind. Yeah reaches up and scratches her and she just oh <laughs> and if the target is poisoned which she is it must succeed on a constitution saving throw against your spell save dc or be paralyzed until the end of its next turn so oh, okay. do a spell save dc has to be a, so it has to be a constitution of 14 it got a okay so it be so it's fine it's not paralyzed it is brudon's turn all right uh, looks like she's getting pretty close here. We still got the bats to worry about, so I'm gonna go ahead and 
Uh, it looks like it's now or never. I'm going to cast my third level Scorching Ray. Uh, that's a 13 uh, plus six. Okay, good. So you you definitely hit. Right. Uh, it says that I create three rays of fire and hurl them at targets within range. I can hurl them at one target or several. And then it says, when I cast a spell using a spell slot of third or level or higher, you create one additional ray for each slot above second. So I would create four mm-hmm. in total. Yep. Uh, so one is going to go towards her and the other three are going to go towards the bats. And then I have to do, what is it? Two, I have to roll two D6s. So five and five again. So 10. 10 damage to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is every one of the little bat knights, they get like your little scorching rays, smoke them out of the air like a bug zapper around Raiden's head. And they all fall to the ground just because that's way too much damage for him. And then she takes 10 points of damage. What's that look like when it hits her? Uh, I, I look and I see, I look over at Kromgrim and he's laying on the, is he still in the cauldron? Or did we get him out? Yeah, no, I think he's still in the cauldron. It hasn't been his turn to jump out yet. So. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he's bubbling, boy. He's brewing over there. <laughs> Nobody and, pulled him uh, out. <laughs> we're getting ready to. I'm, I'm trying to buy us some time so he doesn't die. Uh, I look over at Raiden, and he's having a time trying to, him and his zombie friend, and I just, I get fed up, and I I just shout, enough! And then with the enough, the fire comes out. Awesome. And it comes out in four different rays, and it hits pew, 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 all three of them. And one goes right to her square in the chest that's awesome and yeah you see the the ray of like kind of like radiant flame hits her kind of in her chest and like the wispy gray hairs that she has it kind of like gets her hair on fire a little bit she pats it out and keeps Mm -hmm. kind of like drudging forward um and then it is cromgrim cromgrim it's your turn so how does cromgrim go about getting out of the cauldron you can get back into the fight you are gonna have to make an athletics check with, with an athletics check with disadvantage because you're boiling. Nobody helped you get out of that. Yeah, and yeah, and you're like boiling and taking damage. So, and you're <laughs> gonna want to pass this. Come on, Crom. I believe in you, Crom. Well, plus four. Oh, good. So yeah, you you bounce out. And you get right out of the <laughs> cauldron, and you're you're dripping, and you're taking all this damage, and. Yeah, you're you're no longer taking the damage from from all the acid and potions and nastiness that was in there. It's back to the top of the order, and it's the hag, and she's getting closer and closer to Raiden. Um, actually, probably within range to take a slash at you at disadvantage because the stupid zombie. <laughs> a six and a one. No, that's not right. It was six and an eleven, so neither of them hit. Ooh. You're lucky. Ooh. That yeah, she hurt. goes. To, she goes to slash at you twice, and then misses. She has an extra thing she's gonna do. She is gonna try and cast 
inflict wounds on Raiden. So it's going to be a melee spell attack. Okay, so that's a 16. Uh, that would hit, probably. <laughs> yes, I hit. And so she reaches out, and you see, like, from the tips of her, like, claws, she, like, reaches out and puts two of her claws in and just kind of points at you right in. And just does, like, black, almost like a lightning bolt, just comes out and hits you in the chest for... Don't kill me, please. Uh, are you out of here? I have... I'm doing decently well on my hit points, but... It's 13 necrotic damage. All right. All right. Take it like a champ. And she says, get it back. Get it out of there. Give it back. Sorry. Can't do that. No take backsies. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to riding. All right. I am going to cast Thunder Wave. <clears throat> a wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you. Each creature within a 15-foot cube originating from you what must you make doing? a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and isn't pushed. In addition, unsecured objects are completely within the area effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think by casting it, I literally just like clap my hands. Like it starts out like a small, like rhythmic clap until like it slowly builds up and just like a boom, like a sonic boom of my hands um, to keep with the music motif. You know, I can keep in a rhythm. Boom, 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 boom. It's getting louder and harder until thunder wave shoots out from my from, from myself 15 feet so everything I, I imagine i think we're all next to each other so i'm probably hitting everyone but at this point Maniac, my thought is kill us all i'm trying to push her away because that's my biggest thing get her back 10 feet if possible um so constitution saving through has to be everyone has to be 14 she did not nat 20 you're nice. still take half as much, but yeah, you don't get pushed and you're not going to take the full brunt of it. A six and a three, so nine. Okay, so you fail. So Cromgrim and the Hag will take 2d8 damage here. Let me roll it. Cromgrim. It wasn't even the hag. It'd be your own people. <laughs> seven, seven points of damage, and they're pushed back ten feet. So, um, that actually takes Cromgrim down to negative one. Oh man! All right. Look what I'm you've sorry. done. I'm sorry. Cromgrim. So <laughs> you guys see Cromgrim get knocked back? I feel like he gets knocked into the cauldron. Um, he hits his head and kind of lays there, and you guys see his eyes go shut. And Cromgrim, uh, when we get back to your your turn, we're going to have to roll a death save. You guys see the thunderclap does that. Cromgrim gets knocked out. Yeah. And, and sorry, real quick, I do that, and I also, like, I to do for movement, I'm, I'm backing away as well. So I imagine the hag would have been pushed forward 10 feet, and if... Cromgrim backwards 10 feet, I'm going at least 10 or 15 feet back, you know, yeah. 
next to or even behind him, like behind the cauldron or something. So I'm like within range of him, but yeah, back far, even further away from the hag. So at that point, I guess I'm essentially like 20 feet away from the hag at least or something. Yeah, that makes sense. You push her back and her, her feet kind of scrape against the ground and she just is screaming, trying to trying to make her way towards the cauldron um, to retrieve her stone. And she just saying, I need it back. And uh, it is Brudon's turn. I kid you not, I was going to use this turn to use my potion of healing on uh, on Krongrim. You I still can. You still can. <laughs> he's I not he dead. Was dead. No. No, he's not dead. So, he's- so in, in D&D, when you go negative, you basically get three chances, which are called death saves, to save yourself. So you have to get like an 11 or higher, right? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in or, and if you get three in a row, three 11 or higher, then then you're safe. If you get three fails, then, you, then you're dead, correct? That kind of how yep. it goes. I haven't done them very often, but so you still have a chance to like live. Oh, well, you, you would be like in a coma essentially or like passed out. Right. If you, if you pass. But you three. have to roll 11 or but higher three or, times in a row. Or what someone can do is stabilize them. So you run up and do a, a medicine check and or use like a health potion. So you'd have to stabilize, use a health potion. You can heal him and he could be back on his feet next turn. Yep. Depending on what you roll. Okay. Well, let's see here. I mean, we can try the, the medicine check. What do I have to roll for? Well, I think you got to do medicine check before you can give him health potion, correct? Again? Mm. Or... I mean, he can just give him a potion if you want to oh, just okay. dump it in his mouth. Yeah, let I I'm let's do that because I am still actually believe it or not at full HP. Oh, um, so yeah, I reach into my inventory, I run over to Comgrim and I give him the potion of healing, uh, which is two. What is it? Two d sixes? No. Two d four uh, plus two. Two d four. Uh, two. Another two plus two is six. Yeah, so you dump this into Cromgrim's mouth, and Cromgrim, you <laughs> come back to with a little bit of HP, and it's your turn. You're sitting there next so, to the cauldron. Uh, I say I'm going to attack. Okay, I'm going to rage right now, and then I'm going to go with a form of the beast claws. Thir- 13 mm-hmm. plus uh, 7. Definitely hit. Plus six. So ten. And damn it. So Cromgram comes up from the grave. Uh, he gets a little little pep in his step from his buddy and just instantly goes into a rage. And you guys see these claws come out of out of Cromgram's hand. And oh, do the, does the rage add to the points there on the claws? Yeah, which you, you added that, but what I'm reading here. It says when you attack with a claw using the attack action, you can make one additional claw attack, so you get to attack twice. Oh, one, for, one, one for each hand, basically. So go ahead and roll a d20 again and see if your other hand hits. Yep. Fourteen. That hits. Uh, plus seven. Okay, i roll damage for that one, too. Six plus a six, so twelve. No way. That's with one hand. What was the other one? The other one was 10. Gromgrim, finish the hag. Oh, yes! Gromgrim! Yeah! 
I knew you now could do it, lad. Never felt better. Cogbirds never felt better. So what do you do? So, what happened was, I, I ended up using the uh, the form of the beast claw. So I I ran up and I clawed the hell out of her one time, right across her face, her nasty, ugly hag face, with one hand. And as she stumbled a couple of feet, that's when I did one of my famous parkour tricks. And I backflipped off the wall and then hit her with the left hand. And normally, Parker always goes right, not left. But I went left this time, and that was the finishing blow. And you guys see the hag spins around a couple times. And as she She was a mimic! uh, Yeah, yeah, spins around, (laughs) turns into a mimic. No, she spins around, kind of stumbles a little bit, and as she's falling, kind of like uh, like Gollum-esque, she's reaching for the cauldron. And she falls, and as she hits the ground, it's just... Just close. And she's gone. And you guys, you guys hear a little bit of a rumble. And you turn around and you see daylight coming in from where the top of the of the waterfall is. And all the sconces in the house light up. Like you see, you see sconces that were actually along the tunnel that you didn't even know of. And they light up. <sighs> did, I'd did, hate to have to pay their bills. <laughs> did did we do it? Cromgrim, did you do it? We did. We did it. Uh, it wasn't just me, it was all of us together. I'm sorry, I almost killed you back there. <laughs> I uh, I got scared. I usually don't let it get to me, but I was really worried. You guys are talking a little bit, and you hear like clicking and stuff. And the hook horrors are just laying on the ground still, <laughs> right? Oh, God, like you see them, you see them like trying to take the the things off their legs that they just can't reach, almost like a T Rex. Like they've they got nothing, so they're just like going to lay there for eternity and rot. Oh, um, I am so God. glad I invested in the quality caltrops. Ah, <laughs> uh, guys, let's. Let's get out of here. Uh, now, is there a way to get out here through this opening in the waterfall? Or is it like... Yeah, you... Is it, is it accessible? Yeah, you guys look behind the waterfall, and there's a staircase that actually leads all the way up. And you go up the staircase, out the hole in the top of the of what's a cave, and you get out, and you realize that you're at the top of the hill where this hut was. And it's no longer there. And all you see is the fence. Or like the, the stone fence that was around it originally. And it's clear skies. And there's literally just a cave at the top of this hill with a fence around it. There's no... Like, the, the house is gone. And you guys see that it's clear skies, clear as day. Sun's shining in the swamp. And all seems to be well. Um, and you guys can do whatever you want. You weren't, expect- ne- you weren't expecting us to get out of this, huh? <laughs> I've never seen a more beautiful side. This looks fantastic. I, I tell you what, how far of a walk do you think it is to Moe's Tavern? I have no idea. But I feel like we, uh, 
Do we have enough in us to uh, maybe do one last conga down there? Oh, yeah. Together. I could use a, could use a drink. <laughs> one more conga. I, I guess I'll give that to you. Raiden, are we letting you take it up the rear again? I mean, take up the rear? I don't... How do you say that? That's... Close that's enough. Just, that's just... Move on. All right, then follow me. Hey. Hey. I just imagine we're all just winded and out of breath. It's like the most lazy conga line you've ever seen, where we're just, like, dragging our feet, like, just battered and bleeding. <laughs> And as you guys are, are walking away from this, this cave on top of a hill, there's a little girl opposite of you guys. You guys don't even see her. She walks up to the gate and looks up at the top of the hill and just hangs her head. And you guys did it. You all survived. Nobody died. I thought I didn't know that was going to happen. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we did we it. Did it. They survived your house of horrors. Booyah! Technically, Cromgrim <laughs> technically did pass away, but then got brought back. <laughs> you got so, brought back. You're fine. You're fine. You're welcome. Oh, my I, God. I, I, there was no way. We were all making it out of there. I was going to make sure of that if we did. Uh, Either we're all dying or we're all making it out. We're doing it as a team. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way that we always do everything. And this has been a lot of fun. Halloween has been a fun season this time. And you. You weirdos, you freaks, you nerds, you geeks, you got me to play Dungeons and Dragons. And you know what? I had the time of my life. You guys it was are a, a blast. blast. And this was totally different than anything I've ever done before. Uh, and now I kind of want to wear a pair of old yellowed underwear as a singlet. <laughs> I don't know why. You should do it someday just on the regular show. You just show up and you just see like the straps <laughs> of underwear over your shoulders. You, why not? You never know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, thanks, guys, for letting me do this. It was fun. I, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm a, a rookie podcaster, definitely a rookie, rookie DM. But uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. A lot of fun hanging out with you guys. No way, dude. This was round this of applause. Awesome. Round of applause. Yeah. yeah, for the DM. Great job, great job to Derek Sir Prince a lot who uh, who made sure that this thing was possible. And okay. thank you to you guys who listened to this show and uh, who laughed at us or laughed with us along the way. All 18 episodes of it now. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. We thought we were going to get maybe four. I think we're going to get four episodes just from tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a journey. And thank you guys all so much for listening. Thank you guys for playing. Thank you, Derek, again, for doing all this for us, especially three hours ahead time zone. So it is currently 3 a.m. as we're recording this right now. Um, oh, man. And uh, if you want more of this, let us know, you know, like we but give we, us a break first. My give us a break. Give us a little bit of a break. <laughs> but we, we we've been in talking about doing a D&D show for months at this point. I've been actually trying to work on it for like seven, eight months. And it's just been really hard. But if this is something people really want, let us know. Maybe we'll just have to bite the bullet and figure it out. So. All right. Thank you all. Listen to our regular podcast, Super Gamer Boys. And. Uh, well, farewell. We're out of here. Adios. Out of the dungeon. <laughs> All right, for Garrett Morlang, for Adrian Homeboy Holmes, for myself, JJ Purdom, and for our special guest through this whole series, Sir Prince a lot, Derek. We are the Super Gamer Boys. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. Dude, you try to like do it hella early too. I knew you were premature. I thought you were gonna say, and also from our characters, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, from Raiden, from, from, from Rudolph, it. And Cromgram. Catch you on Trek. the flippity flop. 
Trek and Donkey. Oh, yeah, Crash, 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 Crash. Crash. <laughs>